0: Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Ridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Is there anyone besides me right now that is going through withdrawals from being around people? I mean, like, I don't know about you, but, um, man, I, I am just, like, going through withdrawals. You know, I am used to several hundred people shaking my hand each week or actually giving me a hug, and, and now I, I cannot do that with anyone. The only person that really can get close to me is Rhonda, and I want to tell you, she is tired of me hugging her, uh, so she's like, okay, Jeff, social distancing, I can't take any more. And so maybe that's you. You know, we're in a difficult time right now, and, and uh, it's just uh, one of those seasons in life that we're having to, to get through. And I want to talk to you today, because we're in a series called Just Like Jesus, I want to talk to you about how I should respond to difficulties. How do you, how do you respond to difficulties? And I want to look at Jesus' life, and there's a passage of Scripture that is written about Jesus that tells us how he responded to difficulties that you and I can apply to our lives as well. So again, if you have your outline there, go ahead and and hopefully you printed it off. It's there, it's ready for you. And let's read this passage. Look what it says. Hebrews 12 and 2. So you can actually read what's underlined with me out loud. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God and so out of this passage I want to share with you three things that I believe will help us get through this difficult time so how should I respond to difficulties here we go the first one would you would you uh again on your outline look at this and let's write it down together refocus your life on Jesus that is the first thing that we do is refocus your life on Jesus So look at the look at the passage again. I've taken this verse of Hebrews 12 and 2 and I've broken it down. So look at it with me. Let's read it. Ready? Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, if you printed your outline off, I want you to circle the word fix. Because that's what he's saying. He said, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. So we have to refocus our life. Now One of the things that I've noticed that is really amazing to me is this. I've noticed that on the nightly news, there's a lot of reporting about people that run into emergency vehicles. Like, you know, an emergency vehicle will be on the side of the road. Maybe it's a police officer or an ambulance or uh, maybe uh, someone that works with like a, a county or someone and they have their lights flashing, whether they be blue, red or yellow, they're flashing and so they're on the side of the road. And it's amazing how people run into those pe- Those cars will run right into them. It, it just sort of blows me away. Like, listen, there is a light flashing. Say, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. But what happens is, is that we steer to where we stare. That is just a, it's a fact of life, is that we steer to where we stare. Even, uh, you know, I, I, I like to think I'm a, a friendly kind of person, but when I go down to the end of my driveway to check my mail, I'm not friendly. And I'll tell you why, it's purposeful. It's because my road is very busy and my mailbox is right there on this vi- busy road. And I went down there before and waved at people and they've run off the road in my direction. And so I realized that I can't look at anybody, I can't wave at anybody, why? Because we all steer to where we stare. And Jesus recognized this, so so I want to say, that's why he said, the writer said, fix your eyes on Jesus, because we have to refocus our life. And right now is a great time to do that. Maybe that's why this is all happening, so that we all can refocus our life. I want to read to you what Jesus says in Luke 9 and 23. Look what he says here. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my followers, come on, read this with me, this underline. You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. What I want you to know, when Jesus says take up your cross daily, what that simply means is that Jesus was saying take your cross daily. That means look to me. Look to me for direction. Let me give you direction. You see, there's two ways that God gives us direction in our life. There's two ways that God calls us change in our life. The first one is this, is God's word. When we read God's word, the reason the Bible is given is so that we could read it and we could learn from it and then change. Listen, if you have not changed, you have not learned. And so that's why God gives us his word so that we could read it and we could change. But when that doesn't work, guess what God sends our way or allows to come our way is circumstances. And circumstances are are the way that really gets our attention. And right now, we're in a circumstance that's got our attention. It's got my attention. I hope it's got yours. It's got our attention. It's got the whole world's attention right now. And so now it's like, okay, God, what do I need to change in my life? What needs to change? And many of us is to refocus on Jesus. It's to refocus on Jesus. He goes on and says this. In Luke 9 and 24, Jesus says this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Let's read this together. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. I want to ask you something. What has changed for you in this pandemic? Have you you changed? What's changed? Is something changed externally or internally? What has changed in this pandemic? Have your eyes gone to Jesus? And what Jesus was saying is that many of us have been trying to save our own life. And when you try to save your own life, then we mess it up. We really lose life. We, we're not ourselves when we're not focused on Jesus. It reminds me of a, a story that I read a long time ago. It was about a, a woman and her middle school son. They were walking along uh, the shore of a lake. And it was one of those days that was very warm and uh, You know, it was one of those days where her middle school son wanted to play in the water and she kept saying no because she couldn't swim and she knew that he couldn't swim. And so she looked out, and, you know, he just kept all, mom, let me get in the water, let me get in the water, let me get in the water. And she was like, you know, I know. And finally, you know, he just wore her down. And she looked around and there was all that, there was was a dock that was just a little ways away and she saw a man fishing, so she thought, well, there's no harm. And she said, okay, son, get in, you can get in the water, but stay close to the shore, and sure enough, he got in the water, and he stayed close to the shore, and he was just messing around. But you know how that we just, he just kept inching out further and further. And she said, listen, son, don't go any further than that. Now, that's it. We said, you wouldn't go any further. And she actually, he actually went out a little further. But and then all of a sudden, he stepped into what was a big hole. And the water, and so the water was was over his head, and he he began to try to, you know, flap the water because he couldn't swim, and he was panicking, hitting the water, and the mother just freaked out. She just screamed. She was just sort of paralyzed where she was, and she just screamed, and she said, help, help, help. And she even tried to go into the water and she went up to the water up to her her waist and she couldn't reach her son. It just like he just kept going out further and she was screaming help and she was screaming to the man who was on the dock and the man had been fishing. He laid down his fishing pole and he just stood there looking with his hand on his hip watching what was going on. And finally, her son took those last few little swings at the water and he began to bob down and up. at that moment, that man on the dock dove into the water, swam to the little to the uh, young man, put his arm under him, and got him to the shore, and saved him. And the mother, she was she had she was so full of mixed emotions. She was she was so happy that the man had saved her son, but she was so mad that he that he didn't do it sooner. Why did he wait? And she asked him. She said, "Sir." why did you wait to save my son? Why didn't didn't you go in earlier? And he said, ma'am, I could not save your son as long as he was trying to save himself. And today that is the case with many of us. And maybe that's what God's trying to show us right now in the middle of this pandemic, that we've been trying to save ourselves and we've been so busy, you know, so busy doing so many things. And today's the day, he's saying it's time to turn our focus to Jesus. Focus our life on Jesus. And you can never focus your life on Jesus until you receive him and you become a Christ follower. And today there's a prayer that we're going to put up on your screen. And I would ask you inside of your heart, you don't have to even say it out loud, but if you're by yourself, maybe you want to. As I read this prayer, if that's you, then why don't you say this with me? Let's read it together. You ready? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen. Amen. I thank God for those of you that prayed that prayer today. What I would like to do to help you is if there was a connection card that Rhonda told you about at the beginning of our time together. I would like for you to just check that box so that we can send you some information about how your next steps in Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for that. So that we realize that maybe this, we're in this time of difficulty, that we have to refocus our life on Jesus. The second thing that I would share with you is this, is that we have to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Going back and looking at our opening verse in Hebrews, look what it says. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Here, I want you to read this with me. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross Jesus, what the Bible is saying here is that Jesus had joy and and because he had joy, he rejoiced constantly. In other words, while he was in the middle of his difficulty, while he was in the middle of suffering for our sins, while he was in the middle of being beaten and going to the cross, why did he do that? Because he learned to rejoice. He had joy in his heart for the joy set before him. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that Rejoicing is this. Rejoicing is remembering what God has done for you in the past and replaying that over in your mind. It's thinking about that. It's rejoicing. When you remember a prayer that God has answered in your past, and so when you're in the middle of a difficulty now, right, you can't see God working right now. In this pandemic, everybody's saying, where's God at right now? And we really can't see it maybe with our, with our eyes right now. But we know because God has answered a prayer in the past and we remember what he's done in the past, and we remember, have that we remember that, and we, it makes when we remember what God has done, how he answered that prayer, it makes our heart full of joy that's what's called rejoicing and Jesus remembered the prayers that God had answered when he was headed to the cross he remembered that that one day he was uh, he was teaching people and was a, he was up on a mountainside and there was over five thousand men in in the valley and and besides the women and children and they were there and Jesus taught them but it was getting late and everybody was getting hungry and they had no food and the only thing that they found was five loaves of bread and two fish And Jesus had them bring it to him. And all that he'd done was pray. That's all he did. He held up, the Bible says, he blessed that that five loaves and those two fish and he began to give it out. He said, Father, do what you must do. He blessed it. Said, God, I know you're gonna take care of this. And as they begin to distribute the food, the Bible says that, Every person there had all that they wanted and there was 12 basketfuls left over. He had saw what God had done. Jesus remembered the prayer that he had prayed and God did the miracle of feeding the 5,000 and more. Another miracle, that, another time that Jesus prayed, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, is that Jesus had a friend by the name of Lazarus and, and, and Jesus went there to see him because he was sick, but he had died by the time Jesus got there. He'd been dead and been buried over four days and they, they put him in a tomb and they, they had rolled a stone in front of the, the rock tomb. And as they put him in the tomb, Jesus went to the graveside and the Bible said that Jesus wept because he was sad that, that his friend had died. And then right there, Jesus said another prayer right there. He said, Father... He said, I'm praying this out loud so that everybody else knows know that I'm talking to you, but I want you to raise Lazarus. And at that time, Jesus said, roll the stone away. And he just simply spoke the words, Lazarus, come forth. And at that moment, God answered the prayer and he raised Lazarus from the dead. And there were men that had been dead four days come walking right out of the tomb. Can you imagine being there that day? Scared people to death. Like, what is going on here? But when Jesus was going to the cross, all of that, he was replaying all of that, that the Father's never let me down. He's, he, I've been scared a few times. There's been a few things that's come my way that I haven't been sure of, and, and, and I don't, I've been stressed a few times, but the Father has never let me down. And re, he replayed all the prayers that God had answered. And I want to tell you, God answers prayers. That's why the Bible tells us to rejoice in the Lord, Look what it says, Philippians 4 and 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord when always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, I know that 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 word always, if you've got an outline, was already underlined for you. But I hope that you'll go back and circle. He says, always rejoice in the Lord. Always rejoice in the Lord. In other words, in the times of difficulties like we're in right now, when you don't see anything good and when fear begins to try to come in and overwhelm you, what does the Bible say? It says, replay, replay the answered prayer that God has already given you. The thing that God has already done in your life, remember that again, what God has already done. In my life, I can tell you, there's some things that I'm rejoicing about right now. And that was this, is as I began to prepare to share this with you, I could not help but remember three years ago, walking into a hospital room. Listen, I'm a pastor. I walked into thousands of hospital rooms in my lifetime, but not that many that it was my own family. I remember walking into the hospital room of my brother And him telling me that he had a diagnosis. He'd been in there a week and we really didn't know what was going on. But I never will forget that night that I come in the door and says, TJ, how you doing? And he turned and looked at me and what he did. He stood up and there was a tear, one little tear in the corner of his eye. And he said, Jeff, it's not good. It's pancreatic cancer stage four. And the doctor says, I have four months to live. As he said that, tears began to flow into my eye. And I tried to be the big brother and, and just stand tall and brave there, but something shook me. And my brother looked at me and he said, Jeff, I want you to know something. I'm going to go through this, but I'm going to get through it. And this miracle that God's going to do is not for my faith, but it's going to be for somebody else. Because I know my God has answered my prayers before, and he's going to do it again. That's been three years ago. And that diagnosis moved from three years. I mean, moved from, from four months to 18 months. And because of God's miracle working and power and, in, and working through the medical community, I want to tell you something. My brother today is cancer-free. Praise God, because God can do it. I tell you. I rejoice in the Lord always. Right now, this pandemic's going on. And is it a little is it a little anxious? Absolutely, we are. But what I'm telling you today is that if God can take care of my brother's cancer, and if he can raise Lazarus from the dead, if he can do all these things, and the many, many hundreds of prayers that he's answered for me, I know right now that our God has got this. And so I challenge you in the middle of depression, in the middle of this fear, in the middle of anxiety, I just challenge you, why don't you right now, just rejoice in the Lord. Always, I say it again, rejoice in the Lord. Remember what he's already done. Replay that in your mind again and share it with others. I have a challenge for you today. I challenge you today. I challenge you to call somebody. I challenge you to call them and check on them. Just ask, say, this is, a, I just, this is a care call. And I just thank God for the for the hundreds of people that have made care calls through SEC. And I just thank you so much for that of checking on one another. But why don't you make a care call to somebody? And why don't you ask how they're doing? And before you hang up, why don't you just share with them a prayer that God's answered for you? The more that you share what God has done for you, that's called rejoicing. And what that does is it builds the joy and the confidence in the Lord all over again in your life. I want to challenge you to do that. There's a matter of fact, I have a next step for you. It's right there. If you're filling out your connection card, it says this. I will do my best to contact someone and tell them something that God has done for me in the past. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Why don't you do that? I want to challenge you one other thing. You've been so good. Man, I miss you so much, but you've been so good. If you're today, last week, I just want you to know that over there was many groups that were started last week. We call them two or more groups. If you would like to do that, if you say, hey, there's two or three people that I would just like to maybe talk to them about this message that you think would encourage them. I want to challenge you to start a two or more group right now. And the way you do it, just check on, the, on your connection card and we'll get you all the information. You can do it by the phone or you can do it by like a Google Hangout. Whatever you want to do, you can do that. I challenge you to do that. And this time, we need each other and we need to rejoice together in order that we may get through this. So again, how do you get through these difficult times? Well, we refocus our life on Jesus. We rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 34 and 1. I love this last passage. Look what it says. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, if, you're right, if you have that passage up, first of all, he said, I will. It's a choice. He said, I will. I will rejoice in the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Let me ask you a question. What's coming out of your mouth right now? Is it fear? Is it panic? What's coming out of your mouth? Because I want to tell you something. Once, once you begin to make that adjustment, you make the choice to rejoice. Let me say that again. You make the choice to rejoice. Once you choose to do that, it changes everything. And that's why the psalmist said, I will I will, he says, I will, I will, I will. Bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Will you do that? When you begin to speak it and you begin to share it again, when you, I challenge you to call somebody and share it. When you do that, it's going to move your faith like never before. And you're going to see God in a whole new way. Just like Jesus, when he was going through the difficulty of the cross, he chose joy. He chose to rejoice. I challenge you to do the same. The third thing I'd like to share with you, how should I respond to difficulties? Number three, would you write this down? Is remember God's promises. Remember God's promises. Remember those. Let's look at the passage again, Hebrews 12. Look what it says. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus held on to the promises of God when he was going through the difficulties of life. That's what I want to challenge you to do. You know, how many of you, let me ask you, you can raise your hand. I know you may be in your bed, you may be in your uh, uh, you're on your sofa, you may, wherever you're sitting or wherever you're at right now, I want to ask you a question. And I want you to raise your hand if you don't mind. Even if you're by yourself, it's okay. Has anybody ever broken a promise to you? Has anybody made a promise and broken it? Anybody besides me? I've had that happen. I'm raising my hands. And the problem is, is because people have broken promises to us. It's hard for us many times to hold on to God's promises because we feel like that maybe he may do that too. And I just want to tell you that God is the promise keeper. Jesus assures us of this. In the Bible, in Matthew gospel chapter 6, Jesus gives us a, a, a picture to remind us of God's promises I remember several years ago getting this in my mind and understanding it and I want to share it with you today to to let you hold on to this while we're going through this pandemic this challenging time look what it says Hebrews or actually Matthew Jesus says this let's read what's underlined look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Jesus said, God keeps his promises. He said, whenever you you forget about that, whenever you're going through something and you're tempted to worry, remember that God values you more than he does the birds, and they have all that they need. He said, let the birds be a reminder a couple of weeks ago when this, the coronavirus was sweeping across our country. It was on a Thursday that I remember all of a sudden everything started shutting down. Sporting events began to start canceling and I heard schools were beginning to cancel. And I had to go by Kroger to pick up a few things For my group that would be meeting that night and so I went into Kroger and I could not believe what I was experiencing there was panic all over the grocery store I mean people again pulling two and three buggies just raking things off the shelves into the buggy and I was not prepared for that because I was like what what do they know that I don't know that's what I was asking myself what is it and people were panicked that's when I become aware of the toilet paper crisis because the aisles were just empty. People's tempers were flaring and it was like, what is going on here? And after I experienced that on Thursday, Friday morning, there was no restriction. So Rhonda, Rhonda and I got up and we were getting ready to go to breakfast. That's what we do on Friday mornings. That's sort of our date time. And all of this, it just, you know, eeriness was just in the air and she and I had had a few conversations like, you know, what's going on here? And it was that the panic, the fear that was sort of, it was just in the air. And I never will forget, I was standing by my kitchen sink in front of it. And Rhonda was standing in front of our refrigerator and there's, there's a window there and there's a window in front of the kitchen sink and, and we always open the blinds. And I opened up the blinds and she opened up the blinds there. And there was hundreds of blackbirds all over that field, I said, wow, there's a lot of birds. And Rhonda, she looked at me and said, Jeff, remember the birds. Remember the birds. If God got his, can take care of them, he's going to take care of everyone. I love that's where that song comes from. If his eye is on the sparrow, I know that he's watching over me. Today, I want you to know something. When you begin to freak out and you begin to have panic move in and and anxiety begins to flood in your soul, I want to challenge you, look at the birds. This morning, even as I was, again, sitting down, having some quiet time before I come in here to, to talk to you, I sat down in my little office at home. It was still dark. But right out of my window, I heard a bird chirping. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, look at the birds. I've got them and I'm going to take care of everyone else. That's why I come today and speak so confidently to you. The last thing Jesus said in order that we might refocus our lives on Jesus, that we might rejoice in the Lord, and that we might uh, remember God's promises is this, this last verse. Look at it, verse 33 of chapter 6 of Matthew. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Right now, it's just seeking first. And maybe that's why we're we're all in this time right now it's because maybe now god is saying hey remember me hi this is pastor jeff again i just want to say i hope you enjoyed today's message if you would like to support god's work through stockbridge community church simply go to our website at secview.net. again that's sccview.net and click the give tab we want to thank you again for being with us today god bless you